snippets of timeless classics with ramblings on everything bookish, Ink and Quill connects you with literature, culture and writers in China and around the globe. Discovering literature and following the stories behind your favorite authors, this is Ink and Quill. I'm your host, Yang Yong. Dear listeners, check out the recent movie release schedule. You will notice that recently our silver screen has been basically dominated by several major entertainment magnates. The fate of the universe lies on your shoulders. Now, whatever you do, don't push this button. Because that will set off the bomb immediately and we'll all be dead. Now repeat back what I just said. From the fifth installment of Pirates of the Caribbean to the blockbuster Wonder Woman, companies like Disney, Marvel, and DC seem to have created their perpetual box office smasher machines. By spawning franchises that could please both fans and critics, these flashy brands not only inject themselves into the public consciousness, but also turn something that was once regarded as alternative and juvenile into behemoth hits that attract all ages. They do not deserve you. As Chinese audiences are dazzled by those American motion pictures and their spin-offs, some start to wonder, when will China create its own Marvel? Recently, a company called The Three-Body Cosmos was founded in Beijing. Named after Chinese sci-fi author Liu Cixin's multi-award-winning Three-Body Trilogy, the company aims at borrowing the setting and storyline of Liu's franchise as the idea generator to find creative talents and rack up profits. According to Ji Xiaoting, Director of Future Affairs Administration, an organization specialized at promoting Chinese science fiction and also the co-founder of the Three-Body Cosmos, this new company will be the first one in China that creates a super media juggernaut based on one writer's science fictions. But is this ambitious project going to work or not? In today's Ink and Quill, our book critic Shi Wu and host Lincoln will discuss how we transform best-selling novels into commercial bonanzas. Welcome to Book Chat. I'm Shi Yu. And I'm Lincoln. Well, Lincoln, have you watched the movie The Wonder Woman? I have not, though I am planning to. I am planning to watch it. I'm a little bit uh, kind of superheroed out at the moment. Because it, it does have a tendency to kind of... Uh, run together on you if you're not careful. Yeah, they are everywhere right now. I mean, since May, we had the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, 2. Which, which I also liked. I really enjoyed. You like it? I love Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Uh, I think it's a tremendous soundtrack. Yeah. And uh, I'm a big fan of, of the leads. I'm a big fan. It's really funny. It's one of the funniest superhero movies I've seen. But don't you think it's a little bit annoying because all those... I don't know, comic superhero movies, they all share similar patterns. Yeah, I can completely understand it. And I am uh, the biggest apologist when it comes to this because I'm, I'm not a fan of, of comic book movies on the mm -hmm. whole. What kind of annoys me most, and, and this is what we're going to uh, talk about here today, is the idea of having to 
be part of the universe. I don't understand yeah. why every movie has to be part of the universe. Or, you know, oh, you'll know this character from uh, the TV show. That yeah. it's, it's a very, it's like a kind of a, a series of in-jokes amongst uh, really hardcore fans. And yeah. it kind of puts you at a distance from the movie sometimes. So that's the main thing that I'm that I'm kind of sick of. I'm not, probably not sick of superhero movies. I'm just sick of all of the movies having, they to, have do, the universe. having to be in a universe more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Well, I think the reason why Mao and DC create so many universes because they could have different franchise and they can link different characters mm-hmm. together. So they kind of make those superheroes into cash cows. Of course, and th- there's definitely a an element to it where it's mostly commercial, and I think that's also what kind of puts people off a little bit because it's um it's not just that this is going to be a franchise. We know that. Uh, this franchise is going to be a franchise and the spin-off is going to be three more yeah. for another movie and for another character and that kind of uh, it wears thin uh, after a while because you just can't it's a lot of movies to, to have to keep up with yeah but in a way I think it's quite impressive because those companies they had made something that are used to be niche obsession into the mainstream for example some of the superheroes we're seeing on the silver screen they are less known even for diehard fans such as Doctor Strange and Ant-Man that's when it starts to get a little bit annoying to me because you're making movies for the sake of making movies because it's not like Ant-Man has this humongous following. Yeah. Living in China, it feels like every foreign movie I've seen maybe in the last six months <laughs> has yeah. been a superhero movie because exactly. those, these movies have to be profitable. So there's, not to say that there aren't other great movies out there and things like that, but it seems like, you know, it, the, the properties have jumped so far from their kind of comic book origins to the, the very much the mainstream, well-marketed success that they yeah. are now. It becomes a bit disheartening. Well, I'll give you an example. A lot of people were very excited for the Suicide Squad. And this annoyed me because part of it was that people were saying, well, you know, I've been waiting so long for this Suicide Squad thing. <laughs> finally, finally, it's being made. And I said, well, literally, I lived through when this comic came out. Not one person told me to, oh, you should check out this new su- the Suicide Squad comic. It's fantastic. No. So basically, <laughs> it seems like there's like this kind of um, inflation of... This book that's being read by, you know, a few very hardcore minority of people. Yeah. And that's being conflated into, oh, this is the property that's been years in the making. Really? Has it been years in the making? (laughs) As far as I can remember, Harry Potter was kind of popular right after it was released. Yeah. So it's kind of getting a little bit, uh, I think it's getting a little bit much. I think people are blowing it out of proportion. But you, you are quite excited for the Suicide Squad, right? A little bit. Did you read the, did you read the comics when they first came out? I'm sorry, I don't. Oh, so you, you, okay, so you were just <laughs> excited. Just you were excited on the, the bags. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah, but there's no denial. Those companies made huge success, and everyone wants to learn from them because they transform something that are used to be niche, alternative, and you know, minority into the pop culture. For example, last week I went to a press release about Chinese sci-fi writer Liu Cixin. So. He and several other organizations will find uh, an entertainment company whose productions will based on Liu Cixin's science fiction. Uh, I know it's quite difficult to understand for some listeners. So let me put it this way. When we're talking about famous science fiction in the world, Chinese ones 
don't usually pop up in your mind, right? No, not not especially. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not really familiar with uh, Chinese uh, science fiction. What? How is it kind of perceived? Because I think in and this is literally not that long. It's literally in my lifetime. I think so. Maybe starting in the starting in the mid '80s, heading into the early '90s, where like science fiction started to be taken seriously. In China, no, in the world, I think as a genre, I think it, I think it's relatively late.、Yeah. I think those books were very much kind of to the left of the mainstream. They were kind of alternative to a certain. They were very widely read, yeah. But I reckon most of them were read long after those authors passed away. Of long after those authors stopped writing at their、yeah. absolute peak. And sometimes it depends on your definition of what is science fiction.、Mm-hmm. Because someone even talking about George Orwell's 1984、yeah. is a science fiction. Um, well, there's these two kind of science fictions,、uh, from what I gather. There's kind of hard science fiction, and there's you have kind of soft science. One,、yeah. And the harder ones tend to focus more on like the kind of scientific speculation. You know,、yeah. this is what the natural progression of the world, and、mm-hmm. um, you get a lot of、uh, kind of dystopian fiction tied up with that. So、um, you know, even people like you know Cormac McCarthy and them dabble in that a little bit, even though they're clearly not science fiction writers.、Mm-hmm. And then you kind of move、uh, towards softer stuff, and I think the softer stuff is where you kind of play with the with the boundaries of it a bit. You can add in a little bit of fantasy or a、yeah. little bit of something else. And、uh, I've always kind of found myself、uh, attracted more towards the softer, soft one. Yeah, where there's a bit more、um, fluidity when it comes to the text. There's maybe、yeah. a little bit more. You know, you, you get aliens. You know,、yeah. you can you can you can time travel things like that.、So. Kind of like Ted Chan. I mean, last time we talked、mm. about Arrival by Ted Chan, it、yeah. kind of combines both hard side and soft side. Yeah, it, yeah. it kind of, it really does. It does because it has the kind of like the rigor. He of course is involved in in the sciences, so but also the the kind of the imagination of of,、yeah. of softer science fiction. But the author that you're talking about today, who wrote as three three bodies, is how it's prefers how it's it stylized because、kind of、I because <laughs> I find there was different ways to、uh, to pronounce it or to、uh, that it's called. Yeah, it's a strange name. I mean, written by Chinese author Liu Cixin. It is a part of a trilogy called "Remembrance of Earth's Past." The first one is called "The Three Body Problem." The second one is called "Dark Forest," and the last one is called "Death's End" because the title of the trilogy is a little bit too long. So, usually, people in China call it the Three Body Trilogy. I don't want to spoil too much about the storyline because. Explaining it will be as difficult as introducing Game of Thrones to newcomers. So, in short, the plot concerns an invasion of Earth by an alien species, and the response of Earth's governments and scientists to the threat. And the timeline of this trilogy scratched to several centuries. And the first installment of this trilogy, The Three Body Problem, won the 2015 Hugo Award for Best Novel. So, Liu Cixin be- becomes the first Asian. To win this category, the Oscar in the science fiction world, and then the last instrument of his trilogy was nominated for a Hugo Award, even though it didn't win. But all the trilogy was highly acclaimed in China. So some people say Liu Cixin single-handedly lifted Chinese sci-fi to a new level. Can you maybe tell us a little bit more about、uh, kind of Chinese science fiction? Where does it tend to、uh, come from? What does it tend to look like? Are there any sort of Is there such a thing as kind of like science fiction, but with Chinese、uh, characteristics? <laughs> does such a thing exist? I I I don't know because science fiction started rather late in China. It, it didn't exist till the early twentieth century. And in the beginning, when China 
warming up to to this genre. The science fiction is regarded as a fantasy to fulfill our dreams of modernity and enlightenment. Because China was rather poor around that time, and then science fiction didn't get a lot of notice. It was just regarded as a vehicle to popularize scientific knowledge. And I think in the 1980s, science fiction reached its quite short-lived peak. But just in in 1982 or 19, 1983, I I don't remember that well. Science fiction in this country just went downhill. You know, why was it not, why was it not encouraged? Because they were regarded as pseudoscience. Okay, so th- the fact that it's not real is quite confusing. Because from what I gather, there's a lot of Chinese literature, you know, deals with especially、fantasy. especially ancient Chinese literature deals with you know monkeys and monkey kings and. and but stuff fantasy、well. and science fiction are different. Well, they are different things, but they're also not real. It's it kind of different because you see fantasy in this country. They're like folk tales, fairy tales, traditional stories. But science fiction, just as you mentioned, around the time science fiction in China, they were hard science fiction. They focused on science, so people didn't want to get confused between imagination and reality. But anyway, later on, Chinese science fiction writers they start to focus on softer part of of this genre. Like a philosophical debate and human spirit, and the reason why I think Liu Cixin's works are so great because apparently they are lots of scientific jargons, but at the same time he talks about humanity,、uh, social development, Chinese history, conflicts, and the nature of human being. So. He combines both sides, which makes him one of the most outstanding sci-fi writers in this country. From what I gather, it's been it's been quite successful. Yeah, got quite a quite a strong、uh, online following. It's、uh, a lot of people have read it. A lot of people have kind of referenced it online. Am I correct?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now the idea is to kind of leverage this into a into a universe, as it were, into like a production company. Yeah. In a similar vein to how J.K. Rowling. Did the same thing with Harry Potter. Is that the idea? It's quite different because Harry. What way? When you talk about J.K. Rowling and her company、mm-hmm. Pottermore, Pottermore is basically a digital publisher. Okay. So you know, fans who follow that company, they could get the latest happenings about her writings. But this one is not just about Liu Cixin's writing. Okay, have you heard about the Star Wars expanded universe? Yeah, I'm. I'm familiar. I'm familiar. So, from my understanding, this company, which is called the Three Body Cosmos, it's using、uh, the storyline and setting of Liu Cixin's books as a canon, and then you know, encourage people to produce fan works. Okay, now that's very interesting. So he's opening up the universe to, to kind of、um, oh, what's it called when you when you write online for other people?、Like、fan in, fiction. He's、yeah. opening it up for fan fiction.、Okay. Yeah, yeah. So kind of encourage people like writers, scientists, and any of his fans to use this trilogy as a springboard to produce, you know, their own works. Oh no, that's、yeah. very very interesting. Within his original work,、that's、so I think it's very rare. It's kind of encourage fan fictions. It is, and it's not something that I'm. I have to be honest. It's not something that I'm familiar with. It's kind of like a formalized, a formalized kind of a, a framework for for fan fiction. I don't. I, I can't recall any major franchise doing anything similar. No, it, it's. It's new. It's something people have never done before. Yeah,、so、it's, it's very interesting because it's a great way to kind of expand the universe without one person having to do all of the kind of creative output for it.、Um, also, as, as long as like the rules of the of the universe that he's created, as long as they're clear enough, and as long as the、uh, 
it's very clear what can happen in this universe, then it's actually it's a very great kind of means to find new creative expression. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I see probably you know the kind of the, the next great Chinese uh, science fiction writer could be could be writing into this. It's a great idea, but to be honest, I'm slightly worried because what will happen when some others work? Don't jive with Liu Cixin's overall vision, and what is the extent of creative freedom? And what will happen when someone else work make profit? And how about copyright issues? So I'm I'm kind of confused about mm, that. Yeah, that's、uh, you bring up a very good point there. I, two things for me. I do find that. Generally speaking, when it comes to creativity and things like that, often people are most creative when you give them limitations, when you give them a framework within which to work. Yeah. So I can kind of see someone maybe thinking, oh, you know, they have this creative urge or they're trying to write, but they don't have the they don't have the nausea or like the skills to 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 create that whole universe themselves. So what do you do? You use what's already there, and you kind of express yourself that way.、Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one part of it. The second part. I think it's actually very true. Where you kind of quite skeptical, and if this, if this creation of this fan fiction, if it gets put out into the world and gets commercialized either too、yeah. soon or not in a way that's perhaps not effective,、uh, you you risk kind of undermining the,、yeah. the the quality of the work itself. Yeah. So I assume that、um, the writer would have to have very strong quality control about what actually goes out. If it was just one of those things where okay, here's my universe, the、um, So the three-body universe, or whatever、mm. it would be called, here it is.、Uh, write what you want. If he if he kind of lets that go unfiltered, I think that might be a problem. You do want some quality control, especially over、yeah. something that he's you know spent、uh, years working on and, and creating. So I imagine they wouldn't necessarily just kind of go out into the world unfiltered.、Um, when it comes to actual like issues of money and like who deserves what, I don't I don't know at all. In a way. It just sounds like the three body cosmos. This new company still shares some similarities with Star Wars expanded universe. But but the problem is the reason why Star Wars is so widely loved by people around the world is because they have so many interesting and memorable characters. But in terms of Lucas Sin's books, even though I like his writings, but I have to admit some of his characters they are pretty blank and plain. Okay. Often texts kind of work well with kind of blank characters, especially when you have a lot going on, or you're dealing with very very heavy themes.、Uh, just to go kind of back to Star Wars, the idea was always that they're going to kind of make this universe and tell this story over a, over a grand scale. And and part of what has made Star Wars into the、uh, into the thing it is is、um, which is so far ahead of its time, and、uh, it's it's has a very initially at least, even though it was a massive blockbuster. Yeah.、Uh, to the tune that almost everyone had gone to see it,、mm-hmm. uh, who could, it still had a very strong kind of cult following. It had a very strong、uh, life outside of the, yeah,、uh, outside <laughs> of the the movie theater, as it were. You know, people,、uh, you know, people were dressing up.、Uh, people were going to conventions.、Um, people were, you know, kind of filling in the gaps in the、um, in the work itself. The Star Wars, they have a huge fan base. Yeah,、right? but, but yeah. No, no, it's not even that the fan base is is big. It's that it's a very passionate、yeah. fan base. And so, if that's the same thing for three,、uh, three body, three body, <laughs> it's a three three hour. I keep saying the three hour body.、Um, <laughs> Why? Because it's the name of the book.、Uh, the okay. Forty eight hour body. So the same thing could could presumably happen here, if you allow kind of like 
empty spaces mm-hmm. uh, within which the people who are very interested in your work, if you allow them to express themselves in that place, you can actually come up with quite a lot. So uh, the only difference being, it seems that like uh, this writer seems to have formalized it. He seems to have wanted to create the space himself. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's what's a little bit different compared to something like Star Wars. It's kind of hard to tell because judged by what I have been heard from that press release, Liu Cunxin will get involved within those productions, but I think there will be others have to say in those works. But anyway, since we talk about fan base, I uh, I do think uh, the Three Bodies trilogy could do well because his books has been sold out 7 million copies in the mainland China. Mm. So it's... It means a lot. Is and that is that a, a large number relative to the amount of... I imagine that's not a lot. Because 7 million sounds like a lot. But then China's a very big country. But but for the specific genre, that is quite a lot. Yeah, that's quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the Chinese science fiction, they are not published as a book. They're published on magazine. That's interesting. Why? They're published in magazine? It's kind of like a Chinese tradition. A lot of sci-fi writers, they publish their work on the magazine called the Science Fiction World. And and since a lot of people, they don't write novels, they just write short pieces and novella. And the magazine, is, you know, it just sounds like a profit outlet, unlike Liu Cixin. All right. Well, I mean, he's he's done this now. Like He's created this, this space for himself. So perhaps for the next person, It'll be a uh, will be a little bit easier. Yeah. So in the wake to say Liu Cixin and this new company, the Three Body Cosmos, lay some groundwork for Chinese sci-fi. But I'm kind of worried about the lack of talent pool because they're looking for talents, but there's only a limited number of professional sci-fi writers in this country. Well, these things take time. Like I don't think there's any reason to kind of um, to push it further along than it is. Uh, you know, as, as you said, up until fairly recently, people didn't take uh, science fiction that seriously. Yeah. And I, I want to kind of throw that to comic books. These things go through kind of cycles. No one took comic books seriously yeah. for the longest time. <laughs> and it was just for kids. Yeah. Comic books were just for kids. I dare you to show me how many kids today are reading comic books. It's very few. I can almost guarantee it. Most comic book readers are adults. If, yes, I, if I if I had true. to if I had to put a, a thing out there as well, so same thing with science fiction now. You know, it's, it was directed towards children for the longest time, mm-hmm. or it was perceived to be for children for the yeah. longest time. Now it's it's moved along. It, it's sold well. It's critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I stand, it's quite it's quite um, c- complex. It's not you know very simplistic yeah. uh, narrative situation. So I, I see no reason why it wouldn't explode uh, later on. Especially bearing in mind that um, I do think that we, we're going to move into a time where especially Chinese uh, cinemas, they're going to open up new avenues uh, for these things to be commoditi- commoditized further down the line. Mm-hmm. Maybe the next person writes, thinks, oh, look, you know, this person's building universe, whatever. So I'm going to write this book with the express purpose of, <laughs> of making it into a movie later or with getting paid further on down the road. Now you can argue, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of not for the love of literature or whatever, or not pure artistic integrity. But it's going to happen. Like if, a visualization. If, yeah, if that, if that space is created, you know. Yeah. Not every person that sits down to write a book about, you know, fantasy thinks they're going to be, um, they're going to be the next J.K. Rowling, but they, they, they hope they might be. Yeah. 
I was wondering, you know, if you take things around, if George Lucas first started with a book called Star Wars、mm. rather than a film. Oh, I don't know. I, know. Know. I, I, I don't think、works. I would. I would no, it's just、uh, Star Wars is、no. one of the kind of most transformative、uh, cinematic experiences. Of the of the twentieth century, it's an amazing piece of work. But like, it had to be made. It it could only be a movie. Yeah, maybe I have been a little bit old school here because I always suggest people to read the books first. You know, the visualization of books they're always a little bit shallow. We're trying yeah, to yeah, because you have two hours to tell to tell a story as opposed to you know the six five hours, six seven hours it takes you to read a book.、Um, <sighs> it's just you know, kind of the nature of it. I've been trying my absolute heart out to finish、um, Stephen King's Dark Tower trilogy for the past seven months. Seven、uh, months. Yeah, not the trilogy, but like the whole、uh, thing, the whole series, which is actually seven books. I'm about halfway in, but I'm thinking I've just given up and and, and watching the movie. Because they're not going to cover everything, so you can always、yeah. come back and 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 reread the book. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea.、Mm. Actually, I have no idea what will happen to Liu Zixin's company, the Three Body Cosmos. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Yeah, wait and see.、Mm-hmm. Shu and Lincoln discussed the prospect of Chinese science fiction. On that note, it's time to wrap up today's program. Don't forget that there are always more interesting happenings in the literary world, and we will keep you posted. To learn more about us, you can follow our Facebook account China Plus, or download our podcast by searching the keyword "Ink and Quill" on iTunes. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host Yang Yong. See you next time.